Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about confronting fear with our special guest, Takenya Hampton. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships, and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hello, hello! Hi, Steffi. Hey, Megan, what's up? I have been uh, thinking about this thing for a while now, and it's really starting to bother me. Uh-oh. Um, uh, you are a fan of Sharon Sesso Instagram, and a few weeks ago, she said that she does not have an internal voice. What? She said that she does not have an internal voice, as in she does not hear things in her head. And then I fell upon someone else who said that they don't see things in their head. Like if you say a purple apple, she does not see a purple apple in her head. So, okay, so I've seen, I have, so I've, I've, okay. (laughs) I have come across accounts of this before, like scattered, um, and I, I had missed the thing that Sharon said, only because her stories, like, don't show up in my, like, story feed hardly ever. I have to, like, seek her out um so i miss her stuff a lot of the time so i miss that um most of the time i see it it's like people like in memes or something talking about it i I've, i'm yet to see somebody that i follow say it and that part that one i find very strange because like what what goes on in your head like where's what i don't like what's happening in your head i i, I is it just empty space like i'm very confused but the visualizing thing i've seen a couple tiktoks on this recently and I saw one that was like, because I've seen, you know, where people are like, yeah, this is real. Like, you, you tell me to visualize, like, an apple, a purple apple, and, like, I can't, like, I don't picture it. Like, I just don't see it. And then there's people who, like, see it very clearly. And the one, the TikTok that I, I identified the most with was, like, like but, but what, if, what if you have anxiety and, like, you think you see the purple apple, but then you're not sure – and, and and are you the person that sees it or, or not or, or is what you're seeing what the other person's seeing because you can't know what the person is seeing and what, or maybe you're not seeing it clearly enough and you actually fall in the other category and then you're overthinking it and you don't know what 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 you're seeing in your brain and I was like yes that's me okay well that's a whole other issue but <laughs> this is why I'm in therapy yes we've discussed this. I, I think any of those people who are worrying too much about the anxiety part of it are seeing the apple in their brain i think i'm probably seeing the apple but it does right i do think this every time though i'm like wait i like have to close my eyes and be like okay where do i fall on the spectrum of seeing the apple it sounded like the people who don't see anything just don't see anything at all they just know what an apple looks like and they know what purple looks like but they don't picture it in their mind so then com- taking that and then also thinking about Sharon saying she does not have an inner monologue, I I just, I, 
now that I have both of those things together, I don't know what to do with it, and I'm very confused. Do you think that people who don't have an inner monologue fall asleep a lot faster at night because they don't have their inner monologue keeping them up? Probably. I wonder what that's like to just fall asleep. But how do you read a book and not... How do you enjoy books? Yeah. If you don't have an inner monologue or the ability to picture things in your head. I just, I just have a lot of questions, and I think it's fascinating that people have this problem. Um, yes. And so now I'm probably going to have to go look it up, but I just don't understand how it works. I mean, they probably don't really understand how... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they probably don't understand how our brains work either. They're like, what? They see things or they hear things? Like, that's weird. It's it is very strange because you get to this like point in adulthood and then you realize like not everyone like processes thoughts in the same way that you do and it just like, circles me back to like are we all seeing the same colors and probably not and are we all hearing the same sounds and probably not and 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 and, and oh dear oh dear my brain hurts yep you broke so me. that's what I've been thinking about thanks Megan. That and MLMs, you know. <laughs> yeah, we both watched um, the Lula Rich documentary basically the moment we stopped recording last week. And it's excellent and everyone should go watch it and then fall down deep down into the TikTok rabbit hole of all of the like post Lula Rich TikTok content. It's excellent. Highly recommend. I- I think uh, some people like true crime, and I apparently really enjoy companies being taken down via documentary. (laughs) I mean, it is pretty. If you you enjoyed the Firefest documentaries, you will definitely enjoy the Lula Rich documentary. It's on Amazon Prime. It's like a four-part series. Um, It's very, it's bananas. It's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. It is a lot. So everyone's homework is to go watch that and then come back and report back to us all of your thoughts because we want to hear all of them. (laughs) That's amazing. So (laughs) completely pivoting. Uh, Fear is something that all of us have to deal with in one way or another, but it doesn't always have to be considered a bad thing. Fear can actually be a tool in our journey of self-growth. And to help us learn more about this, we've invited our friend, coach, and fellow podcaster to Kenya Hampton. Welcome to Kenya. Hey, hey. Thanks hey. for having me on, guys. Well, we're so glad to have you here. To Kenya, please tell you, our listeners a little about yourself. First of all, I just want to tell you guys that that conversation right there was mind-boggling. And... <laughs> <laughs> My brain was ready to explode. Like, wait a minute, what do you mean people don't see things in right? their brain? Or like they don't hear things? Like how and when you said do they go to sleep earlier, I was imagining what that must be like to lay down and just close your eyes and not hear stuff or just, have thoughts. Yeah, and just like have your like this inner voice just constantly talking to you. All oh my time, gosh. Narrating everything you're doing. Right, right. And then to not have that, like, who are you? Like, are you a monster? (laughs) I can't. So, (laughs) yeah, my brain was about to explode. 
You're but welcome. anyway, <laughs> and you're going to have me going down the Lula Ridge TikTok rabbit hole oh, that I've been avoiding. Enjoy. I'm sure there is so much uh, to be fascinated by because that documentary was insane. And I didn't even get into the whole LuLaRoe anything. I just found out what it was not long ago. But watching that documentary, I was like, oh, my gosh. My son was like, is this like one of those crime shows? And I was like, um, yeah. Kind of. So he's sitting there watching it. <laughs> yeah. He's watching it, and then he looks over at me. He's like, but, Mom, when does the crime happen? And I was like, oh, it's not murdery crime. It's a different kind of crime here. (laughs) It's been happening, and you didn't realize. (laughs) Right, right. But he was so ready for it because he has this vested interest all of a sudden in, like, crime shows and figuring out who did it and why. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah hilarious things that we uh are entertaining at eight years old but hey (laughs) but yes so anyway thanks guys for having me on um my name is Sakenya Hampton and I am a personal and professional development coach um particularly working with women to help them overcome their fears uh understand who they are identify strengths and weaknesses and then live the best life that they decide they want for themselves with all of that information packaged together for them um i have a podcast called transparency and truth the whole first season was dedicated to overcoming fears uh and then i also have a blog where i share information about overcoming fears different strategies things to Um, look for, uh, getting to the root cause of your fears and all of that. And that's it in a nutshell. I love it. I also like that you talk, that you say, I like the way that you framed like what you do in that, like helping people to like live the, basically like live the best life that they want for themselves as opposed to just like, I'm going to help you live your best life ever. Like, yeah, because realistically, living your best life is different for every person. Yeah. And if we put our phones down, then we can define that for ourselves. But we have a tendency to scroll social media and see what everybody else is doing. And, oh, this equals best life. So I'm not living mine yet. And that may not even be what you want to do. So Mm -hmm. I like to get down to the root of like, what is it that you want to do? Why aren't you doing it? What's holding you back from it? And let's figure out how to get you there. Love that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So we've all experienced fear, and yet it's still hard to explain. So what exactly is fear and what causes it? So basically, fear is just like an emotional response to something that you perceive as a threat or even like a dangerous situation. And in good cases if there's such a thing it's it helps keep us safe um but when it's a problem is when it's up against an irrational fear or an irrational situation that you have a fear around um so like a perceived threat can be good the fear can be good in a perceived threat if say for instance someone is chasing you and you need the adrenaline rush to get you're behind out of there, right? But then the problem is when you have a fear, like for instance, a fear of failure, that is an irrational fear that stops you from living your best life. So how does fear 
manifest itself in our lives? So fear manifests in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. So I think one of the biggest things, especially like with the FOMO that we have nowadays um, and everything, you know, with the internet, social media is imposter syndrome. I think that's the biggest one that I see um, with clients that I've been working with is having this fear of being found out to be a fraud. Um, another way that fear will manifest is like in the form of addictions. So, um, because you fear something, you may have like this addiction to another thing that helps you avoid the fear. Um, I've seen that happen. And then the other thing is stress. Like you're stressing about everything. You have anxiety about everything, um, because there is a certain fear present, um, and it's causing you to kind of like go into overdrive about that thing. The addiction thing is really interesting to me because I had never thought of it in that framing before. Because I always think about addiction as like, uh, it's often uh, a control mechanism. Um, And I guess, you know, we can think of that as like a fear of being out of control. Um, But it is also very interesting to think of it as like you are sort of offsetting a fear with, whatever that addiction may be. I mean, you kind of just hit the nail on the head, really, if you think about it in terms of addiction, like if you are offsetting it with an addiction, even though typically if you have an addiction, then you don't have control. Mm -hmm. But when you're using it as an offset to say a fear, you are thinking that you're controlling this thing versus the fear having control over you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, that's super interesting. So, yeah. So while we're like in in the moment experiencing the fear, how can we tell the difference between what is a good fear and what is a bad fear? So like I had mentioned, the good fear is the kind that you need and experience to protect yourself. So, you know, like if, if there is a real perceived threat, Um, And a lot of times we think about it in terms of like something happening right in front of us, but there can be a threat that is not necessarily physically happening in front of you. Um, But a bad fear is like the, the ones where there is no danger that comes up. So when you have a fear and you're asking yourself, you have to ask yourself, like, what is it that has me scared of this thing? For instance, like even if you're scared of spiders, for instance, which can be right in front of you, you see a spider, you freeze up, you run, you don't want to kill it. Somebody else has to kill it, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like that to you can be a perceived threat. But then another person is like, girl, that spider ain't going to do anything here. Just kill it. Um, You have to kind of drill down and see like, what is it that has you scared of spiders? Uh, A lot of times with your fears, there's a root cause that that happened with it whether it was that you did get bit by a spider when you were younger or you saw um spider bite uh pictures on the internet and so now you're scared of that potentially happening to you like you have to ask yourself like where is this coming from you know what i mean yeah you kind of have to like almost figure out the nuance of 
like what where is the line between the rational and irrational parts of it right and then for me like typically a bad fear is one that's holding you back from something so good fears will cause you to protect yourself you know you have the adrenaline rush and all of that that can come along with being scared um but when you have all of those things present and it's holding you back from something then that's when you know that it's probably something that's not good for you that's so interesting because i do i think that the ability to discern like because i I do i i mean i think that there are some very clear like like this is rational this is irrational like this is uh a fear that is keeping you safe versus this is a fear that's like holding you back because you're just like afraid of the failure or something like that and then i think like as you dig into it like i would imagine it starts to get a little bit more nuanced of like there's a line between when it turns from a bad fear to a good fear and a good fear to a bad fear. Like, like you don't want to do something to the point where like you really could bring financial ruin to your family, but you also don't want to keep yourself in a box to stay so safe that you never take a chance on doing something that could be really good for you. Like right, or it could be the best experience of your life or right. like could how open do you up kinda, new opportunities. Yeah. How do you like kind of suss out the delineation between those things and, and figure out where that line is for you of like, okay, I'm going to push myself out of my box. I'm going to push myself out of my fear, but also knowing where the limit of safety is for you and like whatever that definition is. in in the situation so to me i think you figure out where your line stands when you have an understanding of like what your personal values are Mm -hmm. and then also what your goals are and so when you like you use the example of putting yourself in financial ruin right Mm -hmm. so you can have two people who similar financial situation um like one isn't a risk taker the other one is like no i'm gonna collect all of my coins i'm not gonna do anything extra i'm gonna live a very simple life because i have to be prepared just in case Mm -hmm. and so for those two people it's a matter of determining like what's most important to them so like the person who's like the risk taker it can't be like financial security is not something that's like a high high value if you're an extreme risk taker, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're willing to take the gamble and hope for the best, but you're also willing to pick yourself up if it doesn't go the best. Where the person who is, you know, very financially savvy, they probably don't put adventure high on their list of values or priorities for their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you have to kind of look at like what matters to me and at the end of the day, what's gonna leave me feeling fulfilled and like I lived a fulfilled life. And then that's where you have to gauge what your um, good fear versus bad fear, like where you draw that line in the sand. Once again, we're coming back to like, it's gonna be based on every single person. And you can't, and you can't base your definition on what somebody else is doing. Exactly. 
Exactly. Because the other part of it, like for instance, the person who is extremely financially savvy, it may be that they do want to live a more adventurous life and they do want to, you know, vacation more or, you know, invest or whatever it is that they want to spend their money on that they're not spending. And they feel like that is holding them back. The fact that they are so financially savvy. So then that's the situation when you got to be like, okay, well, what is it that makes you feel like you have to save like this? It could be a person that grew up um, in a single parent household where they were struggling to make ends meet. And so when they got older, they said, I'm going to do something totally different because I don't ever want to live like this again. But now you've allowed that fear to take over like your life to stop you from living your best life. What, what you would deem to be your best life. Yeah. For somebody who is that person who wants to take that leap from being afraid for, you know, I guess lack of an overall better word for that, but how do they kind of, how do they do it? How do they overcome those fears? How do they embrace the fear to be able to take those challenges, take those risks to move on with their lives? Like aside from going to therapy and like internalizing these issues, like what techniques are out there for them to use? So to me, what I always tell people is like, you have to really do a self inventory and get to know yourself. Like that was one of the things that started happening for me. Um, I want to say maybe about two years ago, like really intensely. I was just like questioning certain things that was holding me back. I was suffering from imposter syndrome. Like there were things that I wanted to do, but that I wasn't doing because I was like, well, what are people going to think? Or, you know, all of these different things. And I personally decided that I had to get in touch with who I am, who I want to be, how I want to show up, what I like and don't like, what my strengths and my weaknesses are, and then figuring out how to um, leverage my strengths and, you know, kind of strengthen my weaknesses where I could. And then that helped me get solid on like what my goals and values were for myself. Like, so going back to that, like you have to have a clear understanding of where you want to go in order to get there. And when you're talking about overcoming fears, you have to understand what it is that's making you scared of whatever the thing is. Um, I remember when I worked in, in government work, I had wanted to, before I even started doing that, I had always said like, when my daughter was in high school, I was gonna go and um, be a college professor. I wanna teach. I've always kind of had a passion for, when I know something, I wanna share that knowledge and preferably to share it in a way that people actually can digest it and understand. And so um, when I was working for the government, I had the opportunity to do like new hire training and onboarding and stuff every time I would be so scared to get up in front of these people and talk to them for a whole week for their onboarding and new hire training. But every week at the end of it, people would come to me and say how much they enjoyed it or how they were able to understand stuff that they had read about that they didn't understand and whatever else. And that was really, really fulfilling to me. Like, okay, this work matters. Because prior to that, I was just kind of like day in, day out, bored with what I was doing. And so when I started 
really tapping into being good at it was when I was started asking myself, like, why am I scared to get up in front of these people and talk to them? And I started drilling that down. Like, where is this coming from? Where does my fear of, of speaking come from? When people have always told me, like, Takenya, you're a good speaker. Or Takenya, when you explain something, I finally got it. So I had to tap into me, like, what it was that was holding me back and allow it, like, do the work to allow it, um, do the work to come back to doing what I wanted to do in the way that I wanted to do it without fear, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we're always told, um, at least in blogging, in the blogging world, it's usually like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Like, they'll say no. <laughs> usually it's, they'll say no. And then you're like, but, but that would be devastating but to that's some scary. people. <laughs> yeah, right, it's scary right. to hear people say no, but like you, I mean, each no that you get, you would learn from it. Um, so it's just a it's just a weird hurdle, I think, that a lot of people maybe not a weird hurdle, but uh, I think visualizing what will happen for you if you do take the step, and even if it's an, a bad outcome or not your ideal outcome, I think that helps take away a lot of the uncertainty that makes us afraid. Yeah, like if you just look at everything, like you were saying, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is you learn a lesson from the thing. Mm-hmm. Like you learn something from it. Um, and that's whether you decide to like do the thing again and do it better, or you're like, oh, wait, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, but the the actual act of like doing the work to overcome a fear is like one of the biggest ways to boost your self-confidence. Because when you think you can't do something and then you actually do it and do it well, or even like put forth the effort. Like for me, I'm not fit. I'm not somebody who's going to like enter some type of um, fitness competition or something like that. Like I, that's just not my ministry. But none of us when on I, this recording <laughs> are in that camp. So. <laughs> right. But then, you know, when I go and get on my, my bike and I ride in PR, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I did that, whatever else. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll try going out for a run tomorrow, or maybe I'll go do this. Because that little thing that I'm like, oh, I hate doing this. I'm not good at it. And then I do it and like get this like virtual reward for it. I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh, well, maybe I am a little bit fitter than I thought I was. Yeah. And so, like, when you actually move forward in trying to overcome a fear, like you become more and more confident around that thing. There's this thing that actually, I kind of hate it, but it kind of fits where um, related to like fitness stuff when people are trying to get themselves motivated. And it's the same thing where like, you know, you get on your bike, you go outside to start that run or whatever it is you do for your exercise that they're always like, well, you know, you're, you're going faster than whoever is sitting on the couch. Right. Which is like a dumb (laughs) saying, but in a way it makes sense. Like you're trying. So the fact that you're trying is better than not trying. Right. Right. And that's uh, putting forth the effort. There's got to be something that comes from it. Right. Like, 
you may not fully overcome the fear, but then maybe you discover something else that you love doing, or maybe you discover a strength that you didn't even know that you had. Like if I didn't know, or if I didn't like work to get over the fear, I wouldn't know that I actually love public speaking and I'm actually pretty good at it. You know what I mean? So had I never like took the chance or like if somebody asked me like, Tia, will you speak here? And I said, no, I would have never known like how much I enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about like <clears throat> when I started my blog and I was like, okay, this is like scary and weird to like start this thing. And like, I don't know if anyone's going to read it. And it was like a very, like my friend had to, my, like my best friend, like really had to like pump me up about it. It's like, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And like, even though like, am I blogging full time? No. Um, but my blog has been like a jumping off point for my entire career. Like mm-hmm. I support my family with a career that I am in because I said, okay, this is kind of scary to put myself out here like this, but I, I guess I'll try it. Um, and I've never really thought of it in those terms, but like sitting here having this conversation, like is really making me think about that. And that's that actually the same family. here. Yeah. That's the same here. I mean, once you put it that way, Um, you know, had I never hit publish on my first post with the grainy pictures and bad paragraphs, (laughs) (laughs) I would have never got better at internet writing or, you know, expressing myself online and, you know, even the jobs that I've had, um, the work that I'm doing now is because I've met people along this journey like that right there alone. Had you never started a blog, we probably would not know each other right now. Like, none of us would. Yeah, none of of the three of us would have met. Yeah, it's totally bananas to think about. Yeah. So overcoming your fears just opens up so many other doors that you really don't see in in the hallway when you have tunnel vision. Yeah. I want to talk about, I want to talk for a minute, um, because... I, you know, like in our sort of traditional narratives, uh, traditional societal narratives, like we think about bravery and fear as this like very strict dichotomy. Like bravery is such a good thing. Uh, fear is such a bad thing. Um, and I think that I think that our definition of bravery is starting to change a little bit. Um, I think that there's been sort of a movement to like understanding that being brave doesn't always mean like doing this doing the thing that terrifies you like sometimes it is like sometimes that is what that means but sometimes it's setting a boundary for yourself and speaking up in a way that is scary um so I just I want to have a conversation a little bit about like this idea of bravery versus fear and like you're just your thoughts on that that dichotomy that society has sort of set between those two things I think that you what you said is true like the definition of bravery or what we perceive as being brave is definitely changing Um, because even like bravery can be as seemingly simple as waking up getting dressed and taking a shower if you're a depressed person yeah Mm -hmm. 
that's being brave. You got up and faced the thing that you did not want to face that day. Um, where to somebody else who's like, I mean, these are things that you have to do every day. What do you mean that's brave? Um, for somebody who is in a dark place like that, that is a, a brave step. Um, I think that there's like, when I think about brave being at one end of a continuum and fear being at the other, I would say that the midpoint between there is like that courage piece where you know that you're scared of something, but you're willing to inch your way into possibly overcoming the fear. Or even sometimes it's not even overcoming the fear. It's like understanding the fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because some fears you may not overcome. Like if you have a, a fear of spiders, you may not overcome that fear. But understanding that you have this fear of spiders, how you respond to it, what happens, and like being able to warn other people about it, <laughs> you know, or being <laughs> yeah. able to. To be honest with yourself, like, okay, I got invited on this camping trip. Spiders may be a part of this. I may have to sit this one out. You know, those types of things. Um, courage is like that midpoint, I think, between bravery and, and fear. But I don't think in all situations that bravery is the opposite of right. fear, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think courage, the term courage, to put those right, right in the in the middle of the that um makes so much sense to me i like i think courage is just a better term than bravery anyway mm-hmm. um it, your your anecdote about the spiders which made me think of um myself because i am i'm very afraid of drowning mm. um and yet i will still go swimming with my family we went on a vacation this summer where we all went out on a boat <laughs> And um, we were on the boat for like the whole day. Uh, the worst thing that happened a big was deal. she just really had to pee. I really had to pee. Um, <laughs> but we all, I mean, we, for the most part, we all wore life jackets and everything. So that was fine. And I did not think like the boat was going to capsize or anything. But there was a point where everyone was, they were taking turns on, you know, the, uh, raft thing that you pull behind on the boat and they all wanted me to do it and everyone else is doing it and I was like you know like I know my limits mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on this boat but I, I'm not going out there um, so for me like it was just the courage to be out on a boat for eight hours right that's a big deal for somebody who's scared of water scared of drowning it's weird I'm I'm afraid of drowning but i'm like not afraid of the water itself it's a whole thing i don't know oh okay okay I'm like i can go it's but megan i, I don't want to be under the water i could be right. on top of the water so swimming as long as the boat doesn't go because, too fast yeah but being out on a boat i mean that's a big deal because like if you go swimming typically you can find a point that you can stand up in you'll mm-hmm. be fine but being out on a boat in the middle of deep water, not knowing how deep the water is, like that's a big deal for somebody who has a fear of drowning. And so having the courage to do that, but then also knowing your limits so that you don't create like, and that's where I think Steffi, it was you that just said about creating boundaries and stuff. Yeah. Like that's where you drew your boundary. Like, look y'all I'm here. 
this mm-hmm. is not what's about to happen. I'm not going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to play with the equipment on the boat. I'm on the boat. That's good enough. And just, you know, having people respect that boundary. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's good, too, that my kids were there to, like, see me demonstrate that boundary so that they could understand that it's okay to have them and mm-hmm. you don't need to be diving into those fears if you're not ready to. Yep. Yeah, I've seen, like, a, a Facebook post or something go around. And it's one of those where, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I like the story, so I'm going to go with it. Um and it was about like a mom and she took her daughter to go get her ears pierced and they you know went to the ta- the piercing parlor the like the tattoo piercing parlor and they you know were all ready to go and she, you know she said she was ready and then like right beforehand she was like actually I don't think I'm ready to do this and like the uh, you know the daughter was like oh my gosh but mom I wasn't brave and the mom was like you were you were brave to speak up and say mm-hmm. like actually I don't think I'm ready for this for my body yet and like that you set that boundary for yourself and that's really awesome and so yeah I think I think it's interesting like as a parent to think about modeling that for your kids of like as the adult showing them like you don't have to just a do things because everybody else is doing them uh and b like you can figure out like you can push your boundaries but it's also okay to set them and say like okay i've done the thing that was scary to me but this is where i'm this is where as far as i'm comfortable going or you know whatever it is like because I think that I think that that I mean my child is not old enough to wipe her own butt yet, so like we're not <laughs> quite there. Uh, but I think like as she gets older, thinking about like teaching that to your kids, instilling that. Like, and the thing is, I think it's one of those things that is so much easier taught when demonstrated. I mean, most things are. Like if you demonstrate it for a person versus tell them that. So I think about like when I was younger and I believe we're like all around the same age. Mm -hmm. And I just know back then, like my parents and all of my friends' parents was like, you don't do what everybody else is doing. If everybody else jump jump off a bridge, are you going to jump too? Like that (laughs) was the thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so, But I don't remember seeing like my parents demonstrate and maybe they were doing it, but I just don't remember seeing them demonstrate like their friends doing something that they're not okay with and them deciding like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. And Mm -hmm. so had I seen that, then it would have made sense when they said, if they jump off the bridge, are you going to go to them? Of course not. That's not what we do. But Sometimes in my mind, I was like, I might just go off this bridge. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think that that is a big deal. You know, when you say that you're demonstrating to your kids that you're um, addressing your fears and you're trying to push past them, but then you're like showing them, okay, you can have a stopping point though. Because that's something like, if you think about what kids deal with in terms of peer pressure, Hmm that's something that they need in their toolbox you know what i mean like okay i'm gonna go ahead and go along with what you guys are doing but you want your kids to like know when it's went too far yeah yeah and see and see 
a model of what speaking up looks like mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. standing and standing strong in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is exactly. sometimes the scariest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's real hard, especially as a young person to go against the grain. I mean, it's hard for, for adults. Let's keep it real. Like, it's hard as an adult, like, if you have a group of friends that are all doing a thing and you're the only one who's not doing that thing to be like, oh, no. Nah. But it's, I'd say in adulthood, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. But as kids, that's a hard thing. It's hard to be the different one. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Until you realize that different is good, which yeah. usually doesn't happen until later. <laughs> <laughs> usually until you're a full, full ass adult and you're like, right. oh. <laughs> but you know, I always, I've always admired people. Like even when I was younger, I admired people who got that early on, like yeah. that different is good. And like, they were not scared to be themselves and live out loud and essentially dance to the beat of their own drum. Mm -hmm. I always admired that. So what, you know, as, as our listeners, if they're wanting to start to take steps towards embracing their fears and, you know, figuring out what they want in their life and how to overcome the things that are scaring them and holding them back, what are some of your favorite resources for that? Um, I would say one of the biggest things lately is affirmations and also meditation. Um, again, getting quiet and still and being able to hear your own thoughts, not jumbled up with everybody else's thoughts or what you think everybody else's expectations of you are, um, what society's expectations of you are. Like getting still uh, really has helped and for me, like centering myself to be able to pay attention to the things that matter to me mm -hmm. so that I can overcome, overcome fears and then affirmation. So like, it's funny, I just published a blog post last week um, that had a list of like over 40 affirmations to speak to fear and saying things like I always like to say if you say your affirmations in the mirror and look yourself in the eye when you say them you start to believe yourself um at least that's how it works for me and then repeating those things over and over again so like if if you know you tend to back down at hard things because you're scared of failure um repeating to yourself that I can do hard things and when you first say it, you may not believe it. But then if you look yourself in the eyes and say it, then it's like, okay, I don't want to lie to myself. I have to, I have to at least try to prove myself right. And then you do hard things and you're like, oh, I'm doing the hard thing. And you say it again, I can do hard things. It's like, oh, this is kind of true. Um, so I really love affirmations. Uh, but the biggest thing I think is like identifying your cause behind your fear. Um, and that can be done with, you know, working with a therapist, um, working with a coach or some other type of professional, um, to help you really identify what your fears are, um, also what your goals are and then seeing how the fear is keeping you back from where you actually want to be. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more? 
Um, well, my website is tekenyahampson.com. Uh, no spaces, dots, or anything like that. And then also, um, I have the Transparency and Truth podcast, uh, where we talk about overcoming fear. We talk about setting goals for yourself. Um, also, coming up for season two, I'm really excited about, we're going to be having people share their stories of like overcoming fears and what that looked like on the other side. Because sometimes you need to see that somebody else did the thing and that it's possible for you too. If that person can do it, then I can do it. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm on all social media outlets as to Kenya Brown Hampton. Awesome. And we will, we will link to all of that in the quick links in uh, the show notes and also we'll tag you in our Instagram and Facebook posts as well so that folks can easily find you. Sounds good. So Kenya, thank you so much for being here today. This was an awesome conversation. Um, and Thanks for having me. It's always good talking to you guys. Yeah, we <laughs> love you. So let's wrap up the week talking about joy. What is bringing you joy this week to Kenya? Uh, my joy every week. I have um, started, I think it's been longer than the top of the year. I don't know how long it's been that I've been implementing this, but I have Sunday baths like around yes. eight or nine o'clock uh mom disappears when that bedroom door closes nobody is allowed to knock at it unless death is on the other side <laughs> <laughs> like there better be blood coming out of your head right, kind of situation. <laughs> right. yes so sundays i really look forward to that I, I take like nice long one two hour baths i turn on some good music sometimes i take a book in there and that is how I try to set the tone to start off my week. And I just love it. Do you get like, do you get yourself, do you treat yourself to like some nice bath bombs and like bath oh, yeah, and all that kind of stuff? Yes. I keep those on deck because that's a whole part of the experience. It's on our family calendar. So nobody forgets that this is happening. Love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then I, um, keep candles stocked and plants because I have this love of plants that kind of developed over the last year or two. And yeah, it is, it is my place of peace to start the week to end one week and start the next one. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yes. I, I like that. That it, I like that it's on the family calendar. It is there, and it has a reminder that pops up on Saturday, so they know it's coming. <laughs> like, let us no one forget. forget. <laughs> yes, it's so funny because for um, Labor Day, we had a few people over on Sunday instead of, um, you know, Monday. And so Monday rolled around. Obviously, Sunday it didn't happen because we had company, and then after everyone left, I was just kind of like chilling on the couch. So Monday rolled around and my husband looked at me. He looked at the clock and he was like, you, you're not making up for yesterday, today? And I was like, oh, no, I moved it till Tuesday, but you might not have seen that pop up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it was so funny because I've programmed them to know that this is coming. Like he automatically thought that, okay, it didn't happen on Sunday. It must be happening on Monday. That's amazing. So, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I, uh, that, this made me think about – I. Uh, I found on TikTok this account, like I came across this uh, this account on my For You page or whatever, um, and it's called Pop Fission, um, and they're a shop in Oklahoma, 
and they're run by a LGBTQ uh, person of color. And like they're in like a super, uh, super conservative town. And so they don't get a lot of traffic like into their store. Um, but like they make all of these really um, like really cool um, bath bombs and uh, all these different um, products. And they try to make sure that they're not using any like coconut oil or th- other like allergens because they want mm-hmm. the self-care to be like accessible to everyone and like the the person that owns it is just like so you can just like there's just like this love and joy and positivity that just radiates from them and i was like okay i think i'm gonna be ordering bath bombs for like everyone i know for christmas from this i love that because it's so cool so that just made me think of that um you have to send me that link because that sounds amazing yeah and i'm always trying to find like little smaller shops to support and stuff like that um i totally would incorporate some of that into bath day yes yes (laughs) so cool love it yes what about you guys What's, what's bringing you joy these days well, I just got a, we just got a new cookbook in the mail today. Uh, Joshua Weissman's cookbook came out today and we had pre-ordered it. So there it was, my Amazon package um, today. So that was pretty exciting. I did let Alex look at it first. Mm. I am a nice wife, <laughs> but I'm pretty excited to dig into that because we love uh, Joshua Weissman and his recipes are always really great. So, and he's like super weird. So just like us. So um, <laughs> I'm super excited to dig into that. I mean, you know, once Alex starts looking at it, you're not going to get it back. So uh, yeah, pretty much it's going to be like, I'm just going to have to like sneak it off the coffee table until he like finds it again. <laughs> <laughs> if him having it means that he's cooking, then I would totally leave it in his possession. <laughs> it's funny because it, it also like came while he was like blending up some hot sauce he had fermented earlier, like last week or whatever. So he was like already in like big kitchen mode, and I was like, "Here oh. you go, hot sauce boy." <laughs> yeah, Man. Megan, what's what's bringing you joy? Uh, so I have two things. The first one is very small, so that's why I have a second one. Um, when I was heading out from my walk yesterday, somebody rolled down their car window and complimented my shoes. So that made my day. I love that. Which, which shoes were you wearing? Um, they are Brooks running shoes. So they're, um, oh, were they, they the sprinkle like shoes? Yes. They were like a special edition. So they're white with like different colored sprinkles pattern all over them. And then like hot pink with sparkly laces. Love it. <laughs> They're ridiculous, but I love them. Um, and then my other thing is I, uh, since getting into TikTok, um, I have fallen down some weird holes. <laughs> somehow I fell into what I, is now being called mug talk uh, for handmade mugs. What? And this lady put out a request on TikTok saying, I would like to see this mug somewhere in the universe of a cauldron mug with a cat. I saw that the one. handle peeking in. And then all these people have been making the mug. And I love it so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so crazy. TikTok I, is an animal. It it's is. so amazing. It's, and it's, it's going to so cost me. It's going to cost me so much money. I ordered, I actually ordered Alex's Christmas gift. Um, 
off this weekend. Like there is an account that I saw and on the off chance he listens to this, I'm not going to name what it is. <laughs> just follow up after Christmas and I'll talk about it. But there's an account that I follow and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And I like, I actually set a time, like a, a calendar reminder for myself of like the time and date that they were restocking their shop. And oh, wow. like it restocked on Sunday and I hopped on and was able to snag one of their pieces because like they've become really popular on TikTok. And so like, because you know, they're a maker and they aren't like mass producing stuff, like their stuff sells out pretty quickly. Um, but I have a few shops that I've been like following because I like, come across these makers that make such cool, beautiful, just unique things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need all of it. This is going to cost me so much money. But I'm gonna I was going to say, cool, I do not unique need things. that rabbit hole. I do not need it. Oh my God. Well, I told Stephanie, so she stuff. has like, she has her credit card account memorized, and I do not have my mine yeah. memorized, so it saves me from buying a lot of stuff. But I just love – I know a lot of people make fun of TikTok, but I really love And we the, have been those people, I will We have admit. been those people, for I sure. I have, too. And I just got I on eat my words, literally, man. like, four weeks ago. I just, yeah. just got on. And I, I just sit love, sometimes and veg out on it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I just love how it's actually – Still, I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous things on TikTok, of course, mm-hmm. but there's so much amazing collaborative stuff on there. Yeah, that I let me tell I you, really some of it, it is just pure entertainment, though. So my favorite these days, right now, is there is this account. This guy takes um, like animal videos, and he talks over them, but like, I love him. Oh my I gosh, love you know him. who I'm talking about? Yes. The He's one that amazing. got me was the one with the bird that was trying to step on the, the um, oh, shoot, what is it called? The thing like the swimmers use to hold on to when they're learning how to kick. Oh, Whatever that board like, is. Board thing? Yeah, yeah. And it was a person um, holding up the kickboard and the, this bird, which I thought was like not even a real bird, but it was. It was the cutest thing. And it kept going on and then like putting a foot on and then like getting off. And he was like narrating it. It was like a four-part video series and I like found and watched all of them it was the cutest thing (laughs) and then next thing I know I just saw like all of these dog videos and cat videos and I was just scrolling through his whole account it was like the best thing ever yeah I love when I'll just like find something and then I'll just end up down this like weird little rabbit hole and I'm just like I have to a consume every one of this person's videos and also like I hope this leads me to like whatever corner of TikTok this is because this is fascinating and I need to know more about this topic yeah it's very it's very much my like kind of veg out I'm going to probably fall down a weird rabbit hole app uh because I don't I don't really follow very many people that I actually know on there, like in real Me life. neither. And I so it's just kind of like, it's just my like fluff. Yep. <laughs> so. That's exactly it. Because I, I created the account like, let me get on here and see what everybody's talking about. So I didn't follow anybody. I didn't connect Facebook or any of those things that it wants yeah. you to do so you can find your friends. And I've literally just been getting whatever comes up for me. And it yep. has been, oh, it has been so amusing. Yeah, their algorithm, <laughs> they've really narrowed in their algorithm it's it's very good like knock on wood it stays this good because it is pretty great <laughs> yeah it's spot on i will say they have have mastered that whole algorithm thing they, they show me things i'm like i didn't 
how did you know I would be so interested in this? I didn't know I would be so interested in this. Like, that part is scary though, right? Like, isn't that kind of scary? Like, how did little. you know when I didn't know that this was going to happen? You knew before me that I was going to be uh, obsessed with the anti-MLM corner of TikTok. How did you know? Right. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, thank you again for being here. It was thank so nice to talk to me. you. Our listeners, please go follow Tegenia. She's amazing. Uh, you're going to love her as much as we do. I really appreciate it. Uh, this was fun. So last week, I interviewed Steffi. And next week, she's going to return the favor by interviewing me. <laughs> That's right. And just like with last week, I'm not going to let her see the questions beforehand. So in the meantime, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Bye.